example, the defense team is inside a bar having a champagne toast right now. Now, you know what? I'm not a preacher, and I'm not a rabbi, but there's something wrong with that because Kaylee is dead and her body decomposed just 15 houses away from where the Anthony's put their head on the pillow every night, every day searching, searching for this little girl. Now I know it is our duty as American citizens to respect the jury system. And I do, believe me, I do. I've struck over 100 juries. But I know one thing, as the defense sits by and has their champagne toast, after that not guilty verdict, somewhere out there, the devil is dancing tonight. everybody welcome to episode 291 of the orange Jacob Blue america podcast i'm your host in the place to be and sitting right across from me finally back. covid free back again i didn't have covid <laughs> i yeah. wish i would have had covid dude. really yeah that would have given me a break off work but <laughs> it still made you go in there still went in there dude uh yeah i, I, I didn't have covid I actually got over it pretty quick but it was still pretty gross dude no, you said you fucking had a fucking fever and you watched all of Wednesday Adams but didn't know what the fuck was going on. Yeah, shit. dude, the show ended and I was like, who was the good guy? <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, it's worth watching two times. Yeah, so. I'll, I'll, you know what? I followed it all the way up until, like, the show ended. I ever, did I tell you this story? Like, the show ended and I asked my girlfriend, like, Wait, is there another episode? And my girlfriend's like, it just ended. Like, it had a conclusion. And I was like, oh, okay. That's how bad your fucking yeah, secret yeah. illness was and shit. Yeah. It was fun, though. I got to rewatch the last episode. I, I've. It's funny because I have to go back and rewatch the last episode of Stranger Things because I didn't finish it. Oh, wow. I fell asleep during that. I'm a... I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a sleepy dude, dude. Dude, you might need some iron, bro. Dude, I, once 9 o'clock hits, like, my girlfriend's the type of person who, like, can marathon shows. Like, she'll be like, next episode, next episode, next episode. Like, we were watching Love is Blind. <laughs> 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 we were watching, lo- episode, like, we watched, like, like three episodes, and I was like, all right, well, it's time to bed. I get, mm. Time to get ready to go to bed. And she's like, I'm going to stay up and watch, like, a few more. And I'm like, it's the kind of show where, like, 
I can miss like four episodes and be like, all right, so like they're divorced now or whatever. You know, like I, like nothing crazy happened. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but I am the type of person like like tonight. I guarantee you, I'm either gonna go home and watch like a Christmas movie, like not the Christmas movie, but a just a, a. Christmas movie. Um, or I'm gonna go watch like season ten of of, uh, of Survivor, which is a real thing. That's not a joke. Like I'm a I'm a Survivor head, dude. There like, you go. <laughs> fun fact about me: I'm a, I'm a for for all your Christmas ideas, everybody. Go to uh, Art's Amazon wish list and just get all the Survivor just episodes. Give me Survivor mer- merch. Like they got the bandanas. So I can pretend <laughs> like I'm on an island. But yeah, dude. Anyways, all right, sponsor. let's do this. Oh, sorry, uh, guys. Uh, hey, this is Art. Uh, our sponsor, uh, K-Man Coffee. Guys, go to kmancoffee.com. Check out their entire inventory. They got the coffee beans. They got the hibiscus tea. They got the, you know, anything your heart desires to. Sweatpants. It's sweatpants season, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, hey, when you're on the couch watching Survivor or Love is Blind, yeah. grab yourself some Caveman Coffee sweatpants. Dude, hey, Seuss posted a picture of of like sweatpants and then he make the caption like if you know you know or some oh, shit God, like yeah. something weird like it's that it was fucking like, Vienna sausage and yeah it's like dude ain't no one trying to see that fucking like <laughs> wiener dude like <laughs> shit's not like kosher Hebrew national shit get out of here dude um <laughs> like anyways guys go to cavemancoffee.com use promo code America to receive 15% off tell your mommy your boo boo too take a picture of yourself wearing that shit take a Tag us, tag them. They appreciate it. We appreciate it. And speaking of sponsors, guys, make sure you head on over to our other sponsor, guys. I need everyone to head on over to SucreApparel.com, where the great and powerful Nicole Smith-Bosch has put together a lovely array of merchandise for your consumption pleasure. So head on over there. uh, Fill up your cart. Christmas is coming, guys, and all of her designs are Christmas present worthy. So uh, get everybody you love in your life some Sucre Apparel. Get yourself something. Uh, I can't stress that enough, man. Like, I hate fucking shopping with a passion. But sometimes to, like, you know, uh, get the Christmas spirit going, sometimes you got to reward yourself, you know? We went Christmas shopping last night. We went to In-N-Out. Oh, nice, cool dude. This fucking In-N-Out shirt right here. I was going to ask you, like, did you get a new job? What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. I like that Christmas After this font. podcast, I got to go to fucking In-N-Out. <laughs> go flip some burgers, dude. <laughs> I like that. It looks very Christmassy. I like it. I don't know if that's the, the yeah. it is supposed to be Christmassy. Yeah, I was like, you know what? Treat myself, yeah, man. Dude. You, know? you know what? I've always wanted to get some uh, In-N-Out burger socks. They sell the socks now. Same here, man. And they got black ones, too. So instead of, like, the white and red, they got black and red. And I'm like, dude, that's perfect. I'm the type of person, like, if I'm going to be wearing shorts, I'm a sock. I'm a long sock guy. Mm -hmm. So, like, I think I might do that. This might be the summer. Oh, the summer of uh, fucking In-N-Out socks. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, guys, uh, she doesn't have any In-N-Out socks at Sucre Apparel, but fill up your cart. Uh, But before you hit checkout, guys, I need everyone to enter promo code Art and Jacob so Nicole can give you 10% off your entire purchase. But, guys, we're not here to talk about In-N-Out socks or Jesus Fuentes, this little Vienna sausage. Fucking non-kosher wiener. (laughs) (laughs) His little anteater Peter over there. Mm -hmm. Uh, Art, what are we here to talk about today? Ladies and gentlemen, this is a this is a episode that's been twenty five years in the making, <laughs> maybe not that long, but guys, we are here to talk about the Casey Anthony trial, Casey Anthony murder, case uh, just Kaylee Anthony murder. I don't know how Jacob wants to to title it. I'll let Jacob come up with the title. You did you did put uh the last episode uh when we did whatever the fuck that guy um. 
I, I was trying to fucking go live on Facebook. But anyways, oh, but, dude, don't worry about it, man. Yeah, no, who, who did we cover last week? Um, uh, Kevin Spacey. Kevin Spacey. You call it Kevin, Kevin Spacey canceled, and I'm like, dude, I, I think he might go to jail. I don't, <laughs> I don't think that's canceled. It's not like he posted a picture of a swastika on Instagram. <laughs> it's like he like may have like raped someone. Like it's a little more than canceling, but I, I couldn't figure yeah. it out. Yeah, no, like, it's all good, dude. I was yeah. just like. The, the Kaylee Anthony murder slash Casey Anthony trial, I K- guess you could say. It's going to be a long-ass title, but fuck it. That's what we're going to be talking about Casey today. Anthony is the star of the show. Like She has to, her, it, it, she's got to be in the title at some point. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like Casey Anthony, hottie with the body, doing naughty in Florida. That's the title. That's, that's a mouthful, but it's also the title. Mm-hmm. You can call it whatever. I'm just kidding. Casey Anthony, a hottie with a body, being naughty and thotty. And thotty. What there does that go. mean? Like T H O T. You know. Oh yeah. Like like the Migo said, being a oh, thot yeah, thot. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Cool. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, uh, you like to start these episodes out with a question. I think I got a question for you. Oh damn! All right, throwing me off here. What is it? You, you mentioned a hottie with a body, so I'm assuming you're in the camp that Casey Anthony is hot. Absolutely. Oh, damn. Absolutely. As a matter of fact, I would even say, like, I think she's gotten hotter. Oh, wow. At least, I haven't, I didn't watch that documentary in preparation for all this. I know that she has that Hulu special. Peacock. Peacock special. Uh, I didn't watch that because, like, it was, it felt kind of weird. I asked my girlfriend, I was like, do you want to watch, like, a Casey Anthony documentary this week? Because I was like, we're covering that in the podcast. Do you want to just, you know, just to get the juices flowing, mm-hmm. I, I do that from time to time. You were trying to get your juices flowing. Yeah, and I was, like. she's not that hot, but like just hot enough where I'm just like, if she was like, she's amateur. If I were hot. single and she was single and we both hypothetically worked at Universal Studios, <laughs> <laughs> I would probably be like, hey, we're, me and the gang are getting drinks after work. You want to go? And then, you know. <laughs> Are, you are the father of Kaylee Anthony, I assume. Probably not. Yeah. We, they never found out the father. Yeah, you could be what them, What the man. fuck is going on? I was never in Florida, dude. I've oh, never okay. been to Florida. Well, maybe she went out there. She was missing for 31 was days. It, she was in California for a while. She was? Yeah, she came, well, like, well, after the murder or, or after the death of her daughter, she came to California for a little bit to, oh, to really? like, get away or something. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, she was doing all kinds of crazy things, like, there's even like a little bit of like she went on a road trip. She rode like the mechanical bull. Like she at least did that's a what I heard. Contest you know, and I, shit. Didn't, I didn't see her. At, I didn't see her at Aldo's. She was at then. Jerry's Pizza, fucking listening yeah. to fucking Ben's band and shit. Yeah, was, at least that's what what uh, some dude that posted like three gorillas <laughs> told me. He said he saw her at Aldo's. Anyways, I that's I, all I got. Everyone always says that she's like the hot mom or whatever, or the yeah, or she was like the hot killer or whatever, or the hot. What is it? T- top mom, Nancy Grace keeps calling her or whatever. Top mom, tot like like toddler. Oh, top gotcha. mom, top mom. You didn't you didn't watch Nancy Grace? I didn't watch any, and and I refuse to watch anything Nancy Grace related. And like yeah. in any of these cases, I can't stand Nancy Grace. Oh, and I, same and I'm here, not man. Gonna, I'm not gonna. I feel like th- myself to that. I feel like Nancy Grace, like this was like her swan song because before before Casey Anthony, like I didn't know shit about Nancy Grace. Grace, and like after like Casey Anthony, I didn't like. I don't even think she exists anymore. Like they like, fucking Thanos snapped her out of existence. Because the only time like I was aware of Nancy Grace is during this period. But yeah. I feel like not to fucking steal a quote from last podcast on the left. But I feel like every day she was on the TV talking about Top Mom, 
And looking back on it, and I'm surprised no podcast has made this joke where it's just like, oh, she was thought mom. But um, I'm not saying she's ugly, but she kind of has like that amateur porn star look to her, which I don't think does it for me or whatever, right? Like mm-hmm. she's not that hot, but not to like- you like professional porn star. Yeah, Christy Mack, fucking, yeah. you know, uh, fuck, I can't even think right now. Um, yeah, yeah, it's Christy Mack. Yeah, that's that's my lane right there. But um, yeah, I mean, she, she's, she's not ugly. She's no Jodi Arias, I'll tell you that. Yeah, I don't know. She definitely does it for me. She's she's our age, man. That's one of the things that needs to be like put into perspective. Like she had a child. Like when she had that child, she was like our age that time period. Oh yeah. So she was like 19, I think, when she had her kid. Yeah. So like I mean, we'll get into the details, but one of the things that I think is important to put into perspective is when we were that age, I was not responsible enough to take care of a child. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I always think that, that, you know, there's definitely a lot of people that are not responsible enough, and she yeah. was definitely one of them. Like, I know that there's a lot of was she a party girl? Was she not? Was that the jury trying or you know trying to make her sound like she was a party girl? Regardless, like how you feel about that, the answer to that question is like she, she was, was definitely still a child. She was a child. She was an irresponsible child who like still like used lying as a form of solving problems. Um, case closed, guys. See you guys next week. <laughs> no, all right, let's get into it, dude. All right, so what is Casey Anthony? Not to spoil the lead, uh, what is Casey Anthony most famous for? Or why are we covering this topic? Why is it so interesting? So in the, I believe it was the. Uh, the the summer of 2008 she became front page news everywhere is it 2008 yeah okay yeah she became front page news everywhere um for the disappearance of her daughter kaylee uh, anthony. anthony uh the story pretty much broke it became you know what i didn't think i didn't put two and two together i think uh other podcasts may have mentioned something like this where um there really hadn't been like an internet mystery like or social media mm-hmm. mystery up until this point cuz really like people were starting to finally figure out Facebook yeah and like this is the first time that anything worthwhile like that was happening so for this to come out uh, this in in my opinion very attractive w- looking woman's uh child goes missing and only to be told that her child had been kidnapped it was very captivating to like the American public. Oh yeah, it's, it had like John Benet Ramsey vibes all yeah. the way. Yeah, yeah, and like I think it was one like you know mothers related to it, and I think dudes found her attractive. So it's like why not? Why wouldn't I not want to watch this? Click on that news article. Yeah, I got everybody involved. Yeah, yeah, I was very involved, dude. <laughs> no, actually, the funny thing about this all happening is I actually don't remember this happening. Like really? I, re- I remember it happening. But I was like not interested in this, like at all. Like I was her age, dude. I was on drugs. Like <laughs> I, I don't. You I were in a hot body contest. Yeah, like I was. I was just like not into. He like, was on the fucking bar of Sandrini's, like shaking that fucking Chile I'm, and shit. I'm trying to think what I was doing in like 2000. In 2008, like Netflix, like was ruling a large portion of my life. Taco Bell, like mm-hmm. probably smoking weed all the time. Oh yeah. Um. That was like a lot of like my days. Like two thousand eight was like smoking weed, hanging out with my buddy Daniel. <laughs> like <laughs> just that's pretty much it. Didn't have money. I I didn't leave Baker Show that often due to like 
you know, money issues. <laughs> um, but yeah. He had large investments in uh in cannabis and fucking seven layer burritos. All and of shit. my yeah, all of my investments were like double decker tacos and nachos bel grandes. Yeah, hoping that like um you know what I used to go to uh Carl's Jr. a lot more. I don't really go there that Damn, often. Damn, you said you, that's why you didn't have money. Fuck, one meal was like 10 bucks. Yeah, dude. Well, they put out the $6 burger around this time period. Uh, okay. Definitely a story worth diving into. <laughs> Episode 292. Dude, the the, the $6, $6 burger. burger. Yeah. <laughs> no, I feel like you couldn't like turn the channel without seeing something about it, whether it be MTV, Comedy Central, and like all these channels were like right next to each other on the cable provider that we had, and especially like on headline news, which is what Nancy Grace was an anchor on or mm-hmm. whatever she was on, uh, Fox News, CNN. Then you had all the local channels. Like it was like COVID. Like you couldn't turn the channel without somebody talking about it. Snoop Dogg exhibit was pimping somebody's mm-hmm. ride, and he was talking about. He put her face on the, on the missing <laughs> child and posted a picture of. <laughs> Haley Anthony on the hood. There was like a fucking uh, a payphone, like they could like dial for free to like the tip line, like if yeah. you had any information in the trunk of it or whatever. You pimped the ride like that. Uh, but no, I feel like you couldn't go anywhere without um, seeing any information on it. And like Art said, that like for 31 days in the summer of 2008, all eyes were fixated on trying to find Kaylee Anthony. Definitely, definitely were. I so I don't want to make it sound like I never heard of it. I did hear about it, but I wasn't as as invested as other people were. Mm-hmm. It, it's funny because like, do you remember when um the Boston bombing happened? Yeah. Like I remember the day, but I don't remember like caring about any of uh, like. I remember being like in shock and being like, "Oh my god, dude, there was a bombing in Boston." And then like the days after, like I don't remember like the the manhunt and all that like. I just kind of zoned out, dude. I was like, oh, all yeah. right, we got time to go smoke I weed. I got to go get some guacamole on my $6 time burger, bro. Time to go get high in the turkey target parking lot, dude. <laughs> get a turkey burger from yeah. fucking Carl Suter. Yeah, okay. So uh, so let's talk about it here. So l- let's 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 find out who Casey Anthony is as a person. Let's, let's dive in let's there. Let's character so, build, if you will. Let's go backwards in time. Um Orlando, Florida native, I believe is correct. Mm-hmm. Actually, I don't know if she was born in Orlando. I think she Florida. was born in Ohio, and then the family moved to Florida. I guess like the the mom and dad. I guess mom was a nurse, dad was a former cop, mm-hmm. and I'm not to get into his backstory too much, but I guess something shady happened, and he was doing work as a security guard uh, in Florida. Um, but then also too, you know, he had also worked uh, previously, like at his father's. Uh, uh, car dealership he had trouble like holding down a job and whatnot so like the mom was pretty much holding it down for the family but they moved to florida uh, because george had dreams and aspirations mm. of being a disney character like one of those guys that, like i walk heard around. that but i wasn't sure if that was true oh dude it was absolutely true really and it's weird because like when you see like pictures of george anthony like he'd be like the lat like he looks like a character out of like the sopranos or something you know or, or like a, like a guy off of goodfellas or like one of those uh, one of those uh, uh, the movies and whatnot, right? But like he, he very much he wanted to be fucking um, Mickey Mouse <laughs> Disneyland and shit, uh, dude. That's a pretty le- like I respect the shit out of yeah. that, dude. That's pretty legit of him to to want to bring joy to people's life. Um, so sh- Casey Anthony, not the greatest student in high school but prior to that she was known to be a, a fairly smart bright kid correct it really didn't come until like her high school years when she started really like kind of fucking up in school mm-hmm. and honestly 
it's shit that I feel like I could relate to. Like I was, I feel like I was the same way. Like somewhere along the line in high school, I kind of lost a little bit of interest in yeah. like where I should have been putting my interest in. Not to the level that she is. Like she pretty much stopped showing up to class altogether. Like she was just, more about the party. Yeah, element of it. Which I don't understand how her parents didn't know. Like, mm-hmm. how do you just stop showing up? Like, she was she also answering the like? Doesn't the school call your parents and tell them like, hey? Casey's not showing up to school. And that's the one thing, too, because, yeah, like, you can't just stop showing up. And then not only that, like, when you do not show up to school, they start they start sending police out there because that's called truancy. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how she was able to finesse her way through that, but I guess she went all throughout high school leading her parents to believe that, like, she was getting ready to graduate. You know, she had her dress picked out. She had the cap and gown. Grandma and Grandpa were flying down from Ohio to mm-hmm. come to the graduation. And like, I think it was like literally like the day of graduation, the school had to tell her parents that, oh, she's not walking across the stage because she didn't earn any credits in high school. Yeah. Well, I think it was the week like prior to that because um, she hadn't received anything like graduation related. And, her, and finally, like her, her parents were like, well, let's find out what's going on. And then, yeah, her parents decided to go along with the lie. I don't know if it's the embarrassment of it, of mm-hmm. like, hey, my kid's not going to walk and like my their, her grandparents are here. We're having a graduation party. We're going they, to Sizzler. Like, yeah. we can't cancel reservations. They got the yeah. cheese bread ready yeah. and shit. Dude, you know you know, Sizzler doesn't take reservations, dude. <laughs> this motherfucker trying to make Sizzler sound like they have reservations. Hey, in a phone, dude. In Orlando. <laughs> 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 that shit is considered fucking the Outback Steakhouse of Orlando. Um, um, but, you know, that, it does set the tone, though. Like, that story right there sets the tone for both Casey and her family, where Casey will tell a lie, and her family will, like, will circle around and help support that lie. Very but, psychotic, dude. Th- th- I'll be honest with you, that gave me the chills. I did not know that element of that of this story until, you know, we did research for it. Mm-hmm. But that really gave me the chills, because um, my mama would have whooped my ass. Yeah, I would have been 17, 18 years old with a bare ass with a hand mark by Pastor Pam across my left and right butt cheek. Absolutely. I feel like this is some shit that, like, I'm sure happens, like, like in day-to-day, like, people lie to themselves all the time. But that was so psychotic that her parents were like, we're still going to do the graduation. They blame it on the school. They tell all the relatives, oh, the reason why Casey's not. They made a not, mistake. They made a mistake. They didn't, like, order her, um, like, like diploma diploma and so like they they were like gonna they were like oh it's all in the school they're a bunch of idiots and everybody was complaining but they all went along with it and they all thought she graduated and that's like like some psychotic shit like just so just to avoid the embarrassment they they all kind of went along with it Correct. and maybe it was the parents like not wanting to like deal with the reality of of having a shitty kid but but you know they kind of had a shitty kid on their hands. They kind of remind me of like that family that likes to have like that picture of a perfect family, but they're like super dysfunctional. Oh yeah, absolutely. And this happens over and over again. Casey does go to like continuation school after high school to to get her GED diploma. So good on her. She does get her GED diploma, and apparently that was like good enough for her parents because she was still living at home, mm-hmm. and like, which is like I get it. Like she's she's only like. 19 years old at this point or 18 or or 18 so she's still living at home doing continuation school but (laughs) her parents also start to notice that she is gaining a little bit of weight around (laughs) this time period and they're kind of questioning her like hey you're kind of gaining some weight 
and then she starts coming up with like weird excuses like oh it's water weight Mm -hmm. it's all kinds of things like this and like so much so that they eventually find out that she she is pregnant and she tells her parents that she hasn't even had sex with anyone. Yeah. And it's just like, what the fuck? What do you, like... Hey, you are not the Virgin Mary, ma'am. Yeah. yeah. It's some wacky shit. But then her family goes along with it again. They, go, they, to go, a, yeah, they, they go to a family function. And they're like, oh, yeah, it's just water weight. And, like, she's been, like, like gaining a lot of water weight lately. Yeah. The, her salt levels are out of whack. and they Don't pay attention to anything. And then, like, two months later, she has Kaylee. Yeah, and it's like, oh no, she's pregnant. She was pregnant that whole time. Yeah, and she doesn't know who the the daddy is. And here's the one fucked up thing too is is that to this day, uh, we said it on the Patreon. To this day, we still don't know who the father of yeah. uh, Kaylee Anthony is. Uh, multiple people have been DNA tested, not to put the cart in front of the horse, but they even DNA tested the father, the brother, uh, the uncle. Pretty much every guy that was in her life at this time, except for two people. An ex-boyfriend who went somewhere. We don't know where he yeah. went or whatever. One right? guy died in a car accident. And one guy that supposedly died. There's no proof that so, she ever so, she ever met this guy. But a guy named Eric Baker uh, that she told her mom that she had a one-night stand with. And then her mom being kind of like the... I don't want to call her like a helicopter mom, but like just a concerned parent was just like, all right, we need to track down this Eric Baker guy. We need to make sure he's involved like in the baby shower and the, the rearing of this child because that is a big responsibility to take on. It's like well, a child. And so the very next day, Casey tells her mom like, oh, no, we can't get a hold of him because he died in a car accident in fucking Humboldt, Nebraska or whatever. Yeah, sounds like she made it up. Yes. Which uh, kind of uh, can ongoing thing with with casey to make yeah, things up a theme yes yeah but anyways now she has a baby uh she's living la vida loca she still has she's but she still has a baby yeah which is like all right this is the part where i was like she's our age at this point but she has a baby she doesn't have her life together she's basically just like to me it feels like a typical bakersfield story Absolutely, very Bakersfield. Yeah, very Bakersfield. Like girls that just want to have kids mm-hmm. at a young age for some reason, or accidentally have kids at a young age. Yeah, so like they have a they have a baby daddy, and now the you know the baby's like, you're, it's your responsibility now, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, so she has this this baby, but but her family's into the 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 idea that she ha- kind of has her life together. She's an event planner for Universal Studios, <laughs> and like she kind of has her her life going pretty well because apparently she has enough money to have a nanny, mm-hmm. and her nanny can afford like to send her and her nanny to Universal Studios and Disneyland all the time. The beach, yeah, and nobody world. nobody questions this. Everyone's like, "Oh, Casey must be doing really well." Mm-hmm. Like, I don't understand how she's either a really good liar or her parents are really fucking dumb. Or a little bit of both. <laughs> or a little bit of both, yeah, yeah. Um, she, But in reality, at this point, she is kind of just dating a local DJ. <laughs> yeah. Who, uh, oh my God, what was the local DJ's name? I didn't write this down. but Oh, uh, Tony Lazaro. Tony Lazaro. No, but but it, what was his DJ name? Oh, DJ Anonymous. DJ Anonymous. Oh my God. Greatest DJ name, dude. Like, that was so, like... It's so stupid because wouldn't you want to be known? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, dude, it's, it's like what? What is the biggest word that I know? Did Anonymous. you look up his music? No, I didn't want to do that. Oh, dude, it's it's pretty solid stuff, dude. Oh, really? No, it's not, dude. 
I don't. I couldn't find anything. Oh, okay. Uh, I was hoping I would find it and like make fun of it, but I couldn't find anything. Oh, he probably works at Big O Tire now. So. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's like still a DJ somewhere, dude. Oh, really? I'm sure he's like, I'm sure he's like doing like um, like Guitar Center like <laughs> DJ equipment stuff now or something. <laughs> but um, dude, I don't know. Manager said if I sell these like these 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 disco lights, dude, I can have a bonus on my paycheck. I I'm pretty sure he's he's still alive. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not confirmed, but, uh, she basically is dating that dude. And, um, her parents don't even know about it. Like she's basically just like party girl lifestyle at this time period. Um, she's also doing the hot bod competitions, like not in them though. She's kind of just helping him organize these hot bod competitions, which maybe that's where the idea of like, of, of the event planner thing. Yeah. So that's the theme too, with like Casey Anthony, like there would be some kernel of truth, like within her lies or whatever. Right. So at this time that Art's talking about, you know, between, uh, it looks like Kaylee was born in 2005 and, you know, obviously when she goes missing in 2008, uh, she, she does have like little jobs. I guess she, she did work at like an Applebee's. I guess she did actually work at Universal Studios for a cup of coffee. Selling churros. Uh, selling churros. But I guess she was like one of those people that took pictures. You know, how, like when you walk into a theme park, they're like, hey, dude, can I get your picture? And you're like, nah, I'm cool, man. Like, I have a cell phone. That's what that's for. Uh, but, you know, they're always like those little, you know, pictures that you'll take like at the entrance and whatnot. And like, I guess she did that. She, she was one of those people that took your picture at the entrance. And I guess she only was working there for, you know, a week or two or whatnot. Uh, but she kept telling her parents that, like, oh, yeah, like, that's the reason why I have to be gone for so long is because, you know, it's a very demanding job at Universal. Oh, yeah, by the way, I got promoted from being an entrance, <laughs> a person at the entrance taking pictures to, oh, shoot, I am a party planner for Universal Studios Florida, which, I mean, if you know anything about Universal Studios, like when they put together like Halloween Horror Nights or they have like a big event uh, that they do for New Year's Eve. Uh, there's a big thing going on right now. If you're listening to this currently, like where they're doing Grinchmas, where they redecorate the whole uh, Universal Studios as Whoville and whatnot, and they have the Grinch like running around. Uh, so there's people that had to organize this shit. So yeah. she's told her parents that, yeah, that's why I'm away a lot. I'm at Grinchmas. <laughs> hey, dude, like I'm at Grinchmas, God. You know, I had a. <laughs> <laughs> you guys remember the Grinch? <laughs> well, there's Grinchmas now. Yeah. So she has to organize that. <laughs> she has to make sure there's a lot of Who coffee going on and shit. And um, so she tells her parents that she's gone a lot for that. But in reality, I mean, yes, she was dating uh, this Tony Lazaro fellow, but in between that time, she had a bunch of different boyfriends. She was doing a lot of different uh, extracurricular activities, if you will. Um, yeah. Not to paint her, you know, not to slut shame her or do any of the. Dude, who she, the hell is slut shaming her? She's I'm just, just lying. But I'm saying, though, like, <laughs> she was doing a lot of uh, uh, 19-year-old activities. So, yeah. like, I'm not hating on what she was doing, but she had a kid at home that she had to take care oh, of yeah, yeah. that the grandparents were literally taking care of for her. And um, fast forward to 2008, uh, she gets into a fight with her parents, which was like a common thing that they would do. She picks up and she moves in with Tony Lazaro. Now she, at this point in 2008, she, her and Tony had only been dating, uh, for two weeks. And I think Tony made a comment somewhere within that two weeks that he doesn't think he can get serious with a woman who has a kid. Mm -hmm. So in June 16th of 2008, Casey leaves home with Kaylee and for 31 days, the family doesn't see Casey or Kaylee 
for quite some time. So this is around the time period that she is telling her family that that Kaylee is with a nanny. Mm-hmm. Nicknames the nanny Zanny the nanny. Which man? Okay, we got to talk about Xanax for a <laughs> second here. The name Zanny the nanny just screams like party person, like the nickname of somebody that would. Nickname Xanax Zanny the Nanny. Sounds like a current rapper or someone that sells you fucking Xanax in the Target parking lot. Yeah, it sounds terrible. But um, basically, the the parents do become a little bit suspicious. They want to see their granddaughter. They want to know what's going on. But no one can ever see her daughter because she's always at Universal Studios or Disneyland with Zanny the Nanny. Or she was at in Tampa or something on a work-related trip. Uh, uh, Cindy Anthony, uh, Casey's mom... We'd be like, okay, well, if you're in Tampa, let us just babysit Kaylee. Because, I mean, obviously, they loved and adored uh, little Kaylee and whatnot. They're like, let us just watch her. Like, you don't need to spend all this money, you know, to have the nanny, to pay for, like, the nanny's, like, ticket to Disneyland and SeaWorld and, you know, uh, fucking spring break, you know, 2008, you know, MTV's The Grind tickets, yeah, whatever. <laughs> the Grind, dude. You know, like, let us watch her while you know Wait, you have like, your work. Is The Grind the one that were, they were, like, in a factory, like, just dancing? Or, yeah. Okay. But but during spring break, MTV, they would, they would they, go to the beach house. They would go to the beach house. But dude. it was, like, the same cast from The Grind. Like, they would get out of the... It no. was a factory, right? Like, I remember they were, like, in an industrial setting just dancing. Yeah. Like, on, like, telephone poles and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> you watched Shit. it. Well, I I I watched like five seconds of it, but I was like, dude, why isn't fucking like Return to Rock on or something like that? Let me look up the grind. Yeah. So uh, she kept telling her, she was like, let us watch the child, and uh, Casey would always have a response like, no. Uh, you know, they went to uh, Bush Gardens the day before. <laughs> I just saw the logo for the grind. It looks, it looks like the most early two thousands thing I've ever seen. Oh, good. And uh, she said, no, she's tired from, you know, a trip that she went to uh, to Bush Gardens the day before. Uh, she has to get up early because they have tickets to go to SeaWorld. And Cindy would actually, like, take off from work oh, wait, and what the show hell? up. The, the grind was out in two th- or 1992? Yeah, dude, that's a fucking, it was oh, the longest running that, show on MTV for a okay, while. Okay, that's what I remember. Like, this, they also went the grind beach. Yeah, like the beach edition of the grind. Spring oh. break in summertime, like the summer house oh. and shit on MTV. See, that's why. We homies, but like this is where we differ because it's like I didn't. <laughs> this is an element of my life where I was like, I was not watching. Th- I I I. This is what I remember. There's an episode of The Grind with like some dude. Like this is this is what I remember. Every I would just <laughs> be like, all right, dude, time to find pop up video. And like it was like that's the wrong one. <laughs> just some like random dude dancing. Hey man, if you wanted to get your fucking early '90s fucking dance moves on, you watch The Fucking Grind, yeah. dog. Uh, but anyways. Cindy Anthony, she was so desperate to see Kaylee during these 31 days between June 16th uh, and, you know, when they finally find her, is that she would actually go to these places. She would travel to Universal Studios. She would go to SeaWorld. She would, you know, go to, you know, the grind beach house or whatever, right, to go find Kaylee. She goes, hey, you know, like, let me just at least spend time with her because she missed her grandchild because for fuck's sakes. Her and her dad were fucking basically raising Kaylee while, you know, Casey was quote unquote working and uh, she missed her, you know. And so she would show up to Universal Studios Orlando, walk around the whole park, calling Casey on the phone saying, hey, where is she at right now? I am right here at Universal Studios. And Casey would have to lie and be like, oh, she got tired and they're, they're at the hotel right now. 
oh, where's the hotel at now? I'll go pick her up right now. And there would always be some kind of excuse or some kind of lie to dissuade the mom uh, from Dang. continuing that. And I that to me, like that broke my fucking heart because that's like, that is not, th- those are not cheap trips. And if you're frantically looking for your, your, your granddaughter like that, like you got to know something's wrong. Yeah, man. What, what a liar. I don't know what the medical condition is. There's got to be a medical condition for someone that lies. Like just, it seems like, like she enjoys the element of lying. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like some of this would be easier. Like I think her parents, her grandparents would be, willing to be like we'll take care of kaylee because you're like obviously not responsible enough like why don't you go get a fucking part-time job at like hooters or something <laughs> and like finish grad school or something yeah community college yeah, or go fucking do, itt go tech fucking just get your aa and like just fucking get a part-time job at starbucks and like you can still like do cocaine with your boyfriend dj anonymous <laughs> like I don't know. It just, uh, it it seems like her parents would be willing to do that, as opposed to like what the lie. Like she wanted people to think that she was living like this this cushy lifestyle of where she could afford going to Disneyland or whatever mm. Disney World, all the theme parks, all in the fucking theme parks, Florida yeah. and shit. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, um, as it turns out, uh, on the twentieth. Art said it a couple of times. Uh, Casey is photographed uh, at this club fusion uh, at a hot body contest. And whenever you see pictures of Casey Anthony like doing the most, uh, these are the pictures that you see. So she's at a hot body contest with her uh, DJ boyfriend, Anonymous, dancing away, being the party girl, whatever. Uh, But on June 23rd, uh, she's actually caught by her father uh, stealing gas cans Mm. uh, from his shed. Now, I guess Casey in this weird fucking cycle of lying and covering it up or whatever, she would always run out of gas. Yeah, you got this high-paying job, quote-unquote, at Universal Studios as a party planner for fucking Grinchmas, but somehow, some way, the Pontiac Sunfire car that her dad let her have uh, was always running out of gas because she technically never had money to put gas in her car. So her dad would always come and bail her out by you know having these gas cans on deck for her uh, to bail her out and put more gas in her car and whatnot, right? And this was like a continuous thing where it's just like, dude, it, you you get like one time in your life like where you like run out of gas. Right. People that run out of gas more than once in their life, that's a problem. Something's exactly. going on there. Yeah. Have yeah. you ever run out of gas? No, I've never run out I've of gas. I've never, knock on wood, I've never run out it of gas. It happened almost one time. <laughs> it was because I was out of town and I was yeah. stuck in traffic. Oh and that, man, that's and that scary. was the reason why. Like, I couldn't get off on the exit to go fill up, and thankfully, I was able to fucking fume it up to like an AM PM or whatever. But yeah. um, no, like he had all these gas cans on deck just in case you know Casey Casey ran out of gas again or whatever, right? Uh, but George actually catches her and her boyfriend stealing these gas cans, and uh, when she went when he went to confront her about this. She runs past him or whatever and pulls out the gas cans out of the trunk of the car, slams it right away and says, here's your fucking gas cans. Get the fuck out of my face or whatever, right? It's kind of like, you know, turns it around on George, right? Mm. Um, So on June 30th, oh, actually June 24th, so the next day, uh, he calls, you know, the cops and, you know, he tells them like, hey, you know, my daughter, you know, she's stealing shit from me and whatnot, (laughs) right? Yeah. And, but 
a few days later, about a week later on June 30th, um, there's a car, the car that Casey was in, which, which I mentioned, which was a Pontiac Sunfire, is actually towed away from a check cashing place uh, and her purse, as well as Casey's car seat, is in the back seat and is parked right next to a dumpster and the car stinks like a dead body. Mm-hmm. Now it's towed to a tow yard and it stays in that tow yard till July 2nd. Well, no, actually till July 15th where George and Cindy pick up the car and Cindy, as well as George, remark on how it smells like a rotten dead body. So this is technically still their car. So this is not Casey's car, so they still have like the original keys and whatnot. And they go hesitantly to the trunk to see, like, oh, my God, is is Casey going to be in the back of this trunk? Is Kaylee going to be in the back of this trunk? Like, they're absolutely thinking the worst. And when they open up the trunk expecting to see a dead body, they just see a bag of trash and a bunch of pizza with maggots all over it. It's pretty gross, dude. Yeah. You know, I think there, there was another story prior to that, not to keep jumping around, but I think the brother had gone in, like, her brother, had, she gave her brother a ride somewhere. And her brother was like, it smells like fucking death in here. Mm-hmm. And she said, like, oh, some squirrels got caught in the AC and died. And, like, basically, like, don't worry about it. Which does happen. Squirrels do go in there. Mice go in there and die. And it, mm-hmm. it Cats can, a lot, yeah. too. Yeah. It can, it can stink it up. But um, but it was an ongoing thing. And I think she's changed up, like, the, the squirrels died in the AC. And then, the squir- like, she hit a squirrel. And went into the wheel well or yeah, some shit. Yeah, like, she always said different, like, stories of, like, the squirrel dying different ways. Um, but, yeah, there were always these inconsistencies and, like, that bad smell, this, like, bad smell. The pizza thing I, is pretty disturbing because it's, like, why is why is there, like, random trash in there? Yeah. And then I don't even think we ever get a clear-cut answer of why there's just random rotten pizza in there. And I guess, like, her response was is that, like, during this time period, I guess it's, like, on the Peacock fucking documentary as well, but I guess... She says that, you know, during this time, she's living at Tony Lazaro's apartment. I guess he had two other roommates there, and they they testify at her trials that saying, like, oh, she basically became, like, the den mother, where she would clean up after them. Uh, she would cook food for them. Uh, she's basically, basically playing mom to, like, these 20-something-year-old DJs and party planners or whatever, uh-huh. right? And that, that was just a resort of them, you know, their trash, like, their, their leftover pizza. Because you got to think, like, they're college students, you know they're they're night 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 owls and shit. So yeah, yeah. that's gonna be the food of choice. So like Taco Bell wrappers and pizza. Yeah, I I I can see that, but it still doesn't make sense why she's carrying around the pizza in her trunk. But also too, the car was parked next to a dumpster. So yeah, so a lot of people think that she took the trash out of the dumpster to put it into into the back of her car to cover up the smell of of death in the car. Mm-hmm. But let's, you know, let's go back to the day in question. So now her parents are kind of asking her, like, Casey, like, where is Kaylee? You, you, She's been missing for about a month. We haven't seen her. Where is she? She eventually breaks down and tells them the absolute 100% truth that <laughs> Sandy the nanny kidnapped Kaylee and and they need to contact the police because she's been trying to get a hold of, of the nanny and the nanny's not responding. Um. So they, the parents obviously do the right thing, I guess, by contacting the police and going, hey, our daughter just finally told us that our granddaughter has been missing and our granddaughter has been kidnapped by the nanny. Um, 
And the fucked up thing about that is, is they called 911 two previous times before that. Oh, true, yeah. Once to fucking, you know, because it basically she stole the car or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And so, like, uh, Cindy Anthony's, like, telling the cops, like, hey, I have a person here that stole money and a car from me and whatnot. Uh, can you, I need you to come take her away. The cops come. They don't press charges and whatnot. And then she's pressing her. She's like, well, where's Kaylee at? Like, she's been missing for, like, 31 days and, like, or almost 31 days at this point. And, you know, I've gone to Universal Studios. I've, you know, I've I've tried to meet you everywhere. And it's just like, I haven't even heard her voice since you left in, in June. Like, where has she been at? And that's when she breaks down. She says, well, uh... Uh, uh, the babysitter took her, the nanny took her, the zanny the nanny took her or whatever, right? And then Cindy calls the police again and forces Casey. And it's like the weirdest conversation. Like you can look up the, the 911 call where Cindy's in fucking hysterics, like talking about how like she hasn't seen her, her, her granddaughter in over a month. And her daughter uh, has been trying to independently try to fi- been trying to find her and has been unsuccess- unsuccessful. And the, the 911 operators asking her, like, how long has this child been missing? And she goes, almost a month. And the operator's like, and you're just reporting this now? And, like, when Casey gets on the phone, like, she is, like, the opposite of her mom. So the mom's all in hysterics and Casey is, like, just deadpan, like, almost annoyed that they're asking her this many questions. Yeah, no, she is kind of like not n- no emotion. You can listen to these conversations on the phone, where she's just basically like, "Yeah, the nanny took her. Yeah, her name is Zanny. She goes by Zanny. Yeah. Uh, I guess she gives like a name Zaneda Fernandez Gonzalez. Yeah, pretty pretty realistic name. I'll I'll be honest <laughs> with you, dude. That sounds pretty pretty dead on. If you heard that name, would you believe that that that's a real name? I, I, I mean, I, I've, I would, I've known one Zaneda my whole life. You've known a Zaneda? I've known one Zaneda. What the hell? We're yeah. high school or something? Or? Elementary school. Dude, that's crazy. I'd never known a Zaneda. Really? Yeah, it, it sounds real, though, and apparently that's a real name. Yeah. But no, I'd never heard of Zaneda before. Yeah, but she called, that's why she called her Zanny, though. Yeah, Zanny the Nanny. I just feel like Zanny the Nanny is a pretty bullshit like name, though. It sounds like... The nickname for her, Xanax. Yeah. <laughs> so just saying, I don't know how much I believe the Zanny the Nanny story, but she gives that name to the authorities, and the authorities go hunting down for Seneda Gonzalez, mm-hmm. uh, which they do find one, but that doesn't really lead to anything. I don't know if you have anything specific on it, but I feel like, dang, what a fucked up thing. Can you imagine if somebody goes, oh, uh, yeah, my nanny, uh, Jacob Pixon, and they <laughs> knock on your door, and then they're like, Jacob, where's the child? And you're just like, I don't know what, what the, fuck the fuck you're fuck? talking about. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I guess, like, <clears throat> that name, there's only there was only, like, at that time in 2008, there was only 22 people in the United States with Zaneda Gonzalez as a name. And by happenstance, there was one person in Orlando, by coincidence, that was named Zaneda Gonzalez. And cops very quickly were able to establish that she has never known anybody in the Casey family or any of her friends or, you know, had any contact with anybody within that circle. And the fucked up thing is, is that Casey had to give a written statement to police and it was filled with so many inconsistencies that, you know, when police were scrutinizing it, they're like, well, shit, this doesn't make any sense. 
let's let's interview her and see if she can clarify some of these discrepancies because it's this, this is just not adding up. Yeah. And at this time, they're just it's just like a missing child at this yeah, point, yeah. right? They're just like, wait, like shouldn't the mom be a little bit more upset that, that her child's missing? This is a NADA thing. It's just not pat, you know, uh, not panning out. Is there anybody else we can talk to, Casey? And she goes, "Oh yeah, I work at Universal Studios. I remember telling my uh, my coworkers that I've been trying to find my daughter because my nanny, uh, you know, took off with her, you know, in a park one day or whatnot. Whatever yeah. story she gave, you know, the police at this time. And they're like, "All right, take us to Universal Studios." Now the detective that was in charge of this case already had done a background check to verify, you know, her employment. Which, which happens a lot. Like whenever I've had to make a police report, I feel like the police are using me as a suspect. Like one time when my car got broken into, you know, they're asking me for my weight, the the phone number for my employer, like all these like weird fucking like descriptions of me. And I'm like, wait, am I the suspect here of, break, of my car breaking? Uh, but they did all that with Casey and they would already verify like, oh, she hasn't been employed with Universal Studios in like a couple of years but she's saying that she was talking to her coworkers about looking for her child. Let's have her go to Universal Studios. And I'm pretty sure like on our way to Universal Studios, she's going to have to break and tell us the truth at one point. And this is like one of the most fucked up parts of the story where the cops, knowing that she doesn't work at Universal Studios, pick her up from the parents' house. They drive to Universal Studios, Florida, Casey tells them where to go, you know, the employee entrance and whatnot, right? That, you know, they let her out and she goes up to the, you know, the gate, you know, where all the employees check in. And the cops are watching her tell the security guard, like, hey, I left my employee badge at home, but I need to get in there because I need to get some stuff from my desk. And the security guards, you know, he's looking through his uh, computer. He's like, hey, we don't have a Casey Anthony that works here. Uh, is there a name of a supervisor maybe that, that can verify your employment? And she goes, oh, yeah. And she, I guess she gives him like a name. She goes, yeah, that person doesn't work here either. And it's at this time where the cops have to come up and talk to the security guard. And like, look, there's a missing child investigation going on. She's saying that she works here. And there's some evidence that will, you know, help her case that might help find the child or whatever. So the security guard lets Casey into Universal Studios She's walking through Universal Studios. She's waving at random people. Yeah. And everybody that, like, was there that day, like, all the police officers, they're saying that, like, the people are waving back, but they're waving back kind of, like, auspiciously, like, okay, all right. Can you imagine that, dude? Can you imagine, like, going through those links of, like, saying hello, like, oh, hey, how you doing? And, like, walking around, but then you know these people. Like it's it's a different level of like psychotic dude like yeah like how can you trust anything they're gonna tell you from here on forward like you know not to go into the case now but like it's it's psycho shit like that is some psycho shit the fact that they're doing all this like narcissism that you're gonna believe that lie you yeah. know believe in yourself that much and I don't know where she thought this was going but she actually goes in like in the HR building. She goes up a couple flights of stairs. She's pulling the whole fucking, you know, Miss Universe thing where she's waving at people. She's kissing babies or whatever. And these people are like, okay, I don't know who you are, bitch, but all right. Yeah. And, like, she goes down the hallway. She goes, oh, my desk should be right around the corner. And right when she goes around the corner down the hallway, she runs into a dead end. Yeah. And she looks at the wall, and she turns around. She goes, 
I don't actually work here. This is I, I was just joking. I was like, oh, my God. And at this point, this is when the police officers arrest her for child neglect. Yeah. Uh, as they should. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, nothing she's saying sounds truthful. Uh, nothing she's doing is truthful. She's basically arrested. Um, and basically, at this point, we move on to the court case, unless you have something else. But No. So... At this point, this is when the Nancy Graces and and those TV shows really pick it up mm-hmm. because it's already popular. Yeah, but this is like yeah, like when the news starts to get this information. Yeah, this is when it like goes to O.J. Simpson trial level. Now it becomes everybody has like the court of public opinion on like going on everywhere. We know that she lied to the police. She lied to them about working at Universal Studios. And for me, I vaguely remember this like. I remember thinking, like, she for sure killed her daughter. Like, I remember, like, thinking, like, she 100% killed her daughter mm-hmm. at this point. Um, I didn't realize that she only did, like, a little bit of, you know, ah, we'll get into that. But um, but at this point, like, it becomes the hottest thing on the news cycle. Like, it's everywhere. Nancy Grace basically builds her career on this shit. It's it's go time for, for this giant media circus. Um, let me see. Let me, let me pull up my... My court dates here. Well, so with this said, now that it's like in the court of public opinion, all of this information every single day, there's new information that comes out about this case. And it being in Florida, Hmm. everything that if this case was to be here in Hmm. California, that would be sealed, you know, until a trial comes forth. Is free for the public yeah, to, the to go Sunshine state law. Yeah, it's called the Sunshine Law. So yeah. this is why you get a lot of fucking funky ass like news stories out of Florida. Like everyone has heard it, like a Florida man, and like it's like some wacky shit. Like a Florida man eats his dog's penis or whatever, right? Yeah. And the reason for that is is because of the Sunshine Law, which makes records available to the public during a police investigation. I don't know why that is. I don't know what the logic of that is, but that's why proportionately Florida has more of these wacky cases than any other state in the union is because of that sunshine law. So I think there's something crazy, like 6,000 pages of evidence, which was released to the media. So the media, they're having a field day picking her apart. And like Art said, it's in the court of public opinion. Nancy Grace is already, you know, signed, sealed, and delivered the fucking execution, uh, you know, for the needle to be injected into her arm and whatnot. And all that has to happen is the formality of the trial to start. Yeah, and they were going after the death penalty. Like, yeah. they, they were seeking the death penalty. Make, like, no mistake about that. <coughs> I do think that they go about things the wrong way, but we'll get into that. This is a six-week trial relatively quick trial for a murder trial to be quite honest with you and it doesn't start for three years so think about it this all happens in july like when she gets arrested july of 2008 the trial doesn't actually start until may 24th 2011 Mm -hmm. so in between that also too august uh 11th 12th and 13th a roy cronk calls the police because he says hey dude like my lunch break like i like to take my lunch like in this like little secluded area and it looks like there's like some skeletal remains right here, like at this little secluded fucking swamp ass part of fucking this road right here. Uh, can you guys come check it out? Uh, the first time he calls, they tell him, you know, oh, we'll send an officer out there in 30 minutes and we'll write down your statement. Officer never comes. Calls back the next day, hey, dude, like I'm eating my ham and Swiss cheese sandwich right now. 
and I'm seeing like some fucking you know bones being scattered out by like the the squirrel that was underneath Casey Anthony's car and shit. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> he's sitting there watching Tim Tebow highlights. Yeah, he's watching you know Aaron Hernandez get fucking touchdown passes from Tim Tebow and shit. And they're like, uh, you know what? Uh, it might be Casey Anthony or Kaylee Anthony. Uh, so you might want to call the tip line. And so he calls the tip line. Nothing happens. Mm. And then on the 13th, he calls again and nothing happens again. It isn't until December 11th, 2008, where he's out there. He's peeing, I guess, like next to a tree or whatever. And he straight up sees like a skull roll out of like this. Um, a lot of people call it a diaper bag, but I guess like Marsha Clark, she has this um, this documentary about this case. And it's actually um, a laundry bag uh, that. It was came out of the case out of the Anthony home uh, that rolls out. The skull actually rolls out of this laundry bag, and he actually picks it up with a stick and then mm-hmm. calls the police. He's like, "Hey, dude, you need to get out of here. Uh, I can't even finish this ham and cheese sandwich because there's like a little baby skull, you know, out there in this swamp woods over here." And so it isn't until he calls on that date, in, uh, December 11th, that they actually come out and find the body of Kaylee Anthony, which has been massively decomposed Mm -hmm. uh they find uh duct tape across the face and her wrapped around in this winnie the pooh blanket yeah man so the the duct tape across across the face becomes like its own little story because apparently there was also like a sticker that was found on her face Mm -hmm. um which nothing comes of that for some reason they just find the there was a sticker there, and they don't know if it was, like, placed there later on in life, or, or I mean, later on, later on after the death of the child. All kinds of little abnormal things were were happened with the body at this point. Whether the tape was placed there after the the child was dead, all kinds of inconsistencies with the body. But um, but the court case, you know, at this point, they're full on seeking the death penalty for her. Oh yeah, and. <laughs> they go about this in, in a in a way that they're trying to frame her as like this party girl that killed her daughter, probably was uh, drugging her daughter with like Xanax to try to like make her go to bed so she can go out and party with like anonymous the, <laughs> DJ the anonymous, anonymous D, and shit. D, yeah, and I actually feel like that is probably what happened. Like you know, I don't want to make her sound like that's but but they had no proof of on 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 that. Even though it's the most likely thing that happened, they they didn't gather evidence. They didn't even really like investigate the body that much. But that was like their bread and butter that they were gonna stick to that, and and portray her with like these like photographs of her being a bad mom, basically being like at every party, every hot bod competition she was at, and. Yeah, because for thirty one days her child was supposedly missing, but she's going out doing the most. If your child's missing, you're going to act more like Cindy Anthony as opposed to Kaylee or Casey Anthony who's going out. She's got a tattoo like the day after, like the mom and dad pick up the car. She gets a tattoo on her back called uh, Bella Bella Vita, which is Beautiful Life. So she gets a tattoo dedicated to her favorite Ace of Base song and shit. Like if you're if you're if you're a corgi went missing, like you're not going to go be doing that or whatever. Mm -hmm. Right. Like you got to take a week off from the podcast or whatever. You're not out there doing a fucking you know, fucking sweatpant fucking competition to show off your big old dick or whatever, right? They also post a lot of stuff about how she has, like, a tramp stamp of, like, a shamrock. <laughs> yeah. Uh, not to say, like, 
That's the classiest thing. Have you ever dated a girl with the tramp stamp? Seems like a pretty like classiest thing to do. I've, I've talked to one, and then oh, it, damn, he starts, dude. it starts to dissipate a little bit after that. Oh, dude. Sorry to hear that, dude. Yeah. That's pretty pretty that's pretty like she wasn't my girlfriend it was more oh, like she was everybody's like, girlfriend oh dude yeah man i don't even know what that means dude that sounds like some kind of like weird orgy type situation <laughs> uh but yeah tramp stamp is like pretty fucking like you, low you, you the get tickets pool. to the kid rock cruise that let's yeah. just say that people who have tramp stamps get in their 30s and 40s now they, yeah. they go to the kid rock cruise yeah i mean this was pretty much their their whole case was like she has a tram stamp you all know what that means mm-hmm. like it, it was a lot of that stuff that kept coming up in the court case and and the defense kind of went the complete opposite they were like it's not illegal to lie like mm-hmm. like just because she lied doesn't make her a bad person like they did a lot of that kind of stuff when in, in the defense, which I thought was kind of genius because one they went they kind of like went after people's intelligence on on the on that front where it was like hasn't anyone ever here told a lie? Like she's not a bad mom just because mm-hmm. she told a lie. She's not a murderer because she told a lie. And yeah. like I feel like that's all they needed with like adding that element of doubt like well they're all right she didn't she there is no evidence really on well the genius thing about the defense though is just that they didn't they didn't the move would obviously be for any like run-of-the-mill attorney would be to like oh she's not lying you know kind of ham up whatever story you know casey was telling at that time the defense actually owned the fact that she does lie a lot. You know, they dived into, you know, a lot of her past. And the reason why we have a lot of this information out there is, like, she lied about the pregnancy. She lied about her graduation. You know, she lied about this, that, and other, whatever, right? Is they own that, and then they said they gave a reason for why she was a liar. Is because the defense, they kind of led in on the first day that she lies is because her father, George Anthony, molested her from the time that she was eight years old up until I believe like 16 or whatever. And then from 16 until her early twenties, her brother would constantly try to have inappropriate relations with her as well. So she got very good at lying because she had to keep this secret. The reason why she sounded dead on the 911 calls is because she had almost a whole lifetime of having to act dead after being sexually abused and whatnot. Right. And he brings it up, the defense lawyer, who was Jose Baez, who later on uh, becomes a defense attorney for Aaron Hernandez and Harvey Weinstein as well. So he's he's known for being this hot shot fucking yeah. lawyer, but this is how he gets his bread and butter. Uh, but he also placates to the fact that it's not his responsibility to prove that she's innocent. It's the prosecution's job to prove without a shadow of a doubt that she did it. And there's no smoking gun that Casey did it, they have to go off of circumstantial evidence. Yeah. The funny thing is, though, he doesn't supply any proof that the dad molested her, that 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 brother thing ever happened. He just kind of plants that seed in in the jury's mind and then leaves it there and then never comes back to it. Mm -hmm. And so much so that the judge later on is like, by the way, you can't bring that up ever again because you have no proof of anything you just said. But it was already presented, so yeah. it's, it's going to stick in the jury's mind. Yeah. And you got to think about it, like you said at the beginning of the podcast, like, why would she make up all these lies? Like, I mean, yeah, there are narcissists out there that are just liars like that, whatever, right? They get off on it or they they just can't own own things, right? 
Yeah. They, they're like, oh, my bad, I did that or whatever, right? Yeah. Like they're just so consumed by themselves uh, that they let life pan out that way, that it's easier just to lie about it and to make this elaborate lie and whatnot, right? But it gave credence to why she lied about it because of her past, which is a pretty good lie because before I started doing a bunch of research, I was like, well, shit, if she was molested, that would give a good reason for why she lied. Now, the prosecution presented a story and the defense uh, presented a story. The prosecution presented the, the story that Kaylee died because, you know, the mom, like Art was saying, either chloroformed her or, you know, drugged her up with Xanax or sleeping pills, accidentally overdosed her or purposely tried to murder her by placing duct tape over her. So she, they, she sedated her then placed the duct tape over her to suffocate her, put her in the trunk for the 31 days and whatnot, and continue to have like this party girl lifestyle, like where, you know, you see pictures of her at the club, you know, doing the hot body contest, getting the tattoos, uh, hanging out with DJ Anonymous and DJ Skrillex and all this shit or whatever, yeah. going to the Kid Rock cruise, getting front row tickets to see fucking Nickelback in their prime and shit. She'll be at the Skillet concert. Because she was basically suffering from a case of FOMO. Art, like you said, she was a 19-year-old uh young woman who was watching all of her friends and this is where you know it plays into the social media trial of the century she was seeing all of her friends live it up and have fun on social media but she was stuck at home quote unquote having to uh, take on the responsibility of raising a daughter now that was the prosecution's story of what happened uh, the defense's story of what happened is that actually Kaylee died in the family swimming pool. I guess the Anthony's had this above ground swimming pool. Um, and they actually showed that, you know, there is video that There's exists video of her opening the door with the pool in the background. Yeah. Opening it up the sliding glass door. And there was a ladder that led right up to the pool. She accidentally died in the swimming pool. while while Casey was taking a nap, uh, the father, George Anthony finds the body brings it to Casey and says, your mother's going to be really pissed off about this and you're going to spend the rest of your life in prison. And I don't know how they came up with this, but that George takes the body, wraps duct tape around the mouth and, you know, wraps her up in the Winnie the Pooh blanket and uh, buries her out there in that swamp forest because that's how the family, and they got the family on on record as saying like that's how George would you know bury you know the beloved you know dog and cat that would die is by putting duct tape around all the orifices and <laughs> shit and then bury the dogs and the cats in the backyard and shit like that and then that's what accidentally happened it was just a, a happenstance accident and they were trying to cover it up and it went bad yeah so I mean one of the thing that is important to note uh, in the uh the uh, in the Anthony household, when they did do a computer search, the uh, the computer did find the result for someone searching for chloroform mm-hmm. in the family computer. Um, there is no proof of who did it. There's no proof that it was the mom or the dad or whoever did it. Um, but it is pretty suspicious. Like who the fuck Google's chloroform? And I guess they try to make it sound like. They were looking for, you know, I guess they had bamboo leaves in the back or bamboo trees in the back, and the dog ate some, mm-hmm. and that somebody was looking up um, chlorophyll. Chlorophyll, if, if if something were to happen to the dog from from eating the bamboo, and it's just like, who the fuck googles that? Like, <laughs> like you would be, you would Google 
my is it safe for my dog to eat bamboo? Exactly. Because that's what my dogs do right now. I have yeah. bamboo bushes in my backyard and they yeah. fucking love to tear that shit up. And did I Google fucking chlorophyll? No, yeah, I don't know. No, f- I didn't I, even know chlorophyll was in bamboo. Yeah, I'm fucking like that's some fucking fourth grade fucking science shit or whatever, yeah. right? I'm just gonna look it up directly. Is bamboo toxic to dogs or whatever, yeah. right? But Cindy, again, how the family comes around and supports the lie, it says like, oh yeah, no, that was me that go- that Googled that. I wanted to see if it was t- if it was dangerous. And what happened was instead of uh, the Google, which which does happen, like on when you text and when you look stuff up on Google, it autofills the word. So you can start it off by trying to say chlorophyll, uh, but it autofills to chloroform. Cindy testifies that you know she clicks on the website and it leads down this whole path of like chloro chloroform poisoning and all this shit or whatever, right? Which which does happen. Like that's happened to me quite a few times. I go to go on Google to Google something and then I fall down a rabbit hole about something else or whatever, right? Very plausible. But the computer system that the prosecution was using to come up with this search on the computer actually shows that chloroform pops up over 84 times. Yeah. Um, that I thought was pretty surprising. Yeah. Uh, they do have an answer for why they do that. I can't remember. I didn't write that down but uh so this is the genius of the defense team so the defense team again all they have to do is discredit the proof that the prosecution is providing so the prosecution or the the defense you know goes through with a program that looks up you know all of the searches or whatever and actually the program that the prosecution was using to look this up actually had a glitch that duplicated that search mm. 84 times. So it was only searched for one time. So in this very instance, someone only looked up chloroform one time. And it's important to know it was one time on Internet Explorer, which we'll get into later. Another piece of evidence uh, that the prosecution uh, provided was uh, that there was two cadaver dogs, uh, one dog named Jerris and Bones. Uh, they both had thousands of cases under their belts, and I guess they had like a 99.9% accuracy rate uh, for smelling out uh, basically dead bodies and cadavers and whatnot. And they hit, both of them hit the trunk of the car of that Pontiac Sunfire that Casey was running around with, as well as the Anthony backyard next to the pool. So that left it open for interpretation that, oh, yeah, she died in the backyard and the dad put it in the trunk and that's why the trunk smelled like, you know, a dead body is because that's what happened or whatever, right? But they were only they weren't able to duplicate that hit in the backyard only that one time. But obviously the trunk stayed or whatever, right? Uh the duct tape that was found on Kaylee's body. Uh they were actually able to match the duct tape with duct tape that was actually found in the shed of the Kaylee Anthony house. And the duct tape that they found it on was the exact same brand, which was on the gas cans that Casey Anthony stole earlier on in the month. And so the thing is about this is that when the defense got this, they said this could have been anybody. Anybody could have went to Walmart or fucking Home Depot or whatever and got this tape or whatever. It wasn't like it was this, like, uh, you know, brand that no one could ever buy or whatever right and he actually the defense actually got a dr werner spitz uh that would have said there would have been if if somebody would have duct taped her mouth shut there would have been dna on both the on 
the back of the duct tape as well as the front of the duct tape. So whoever mm-hmm. put it on, as well as Kaylee's duct tape on the on the back of her as well. Um, and they try to say that the defense that this could have been a cover up. Someone was trying to make it look like it was a murder. So basically, the defense said this could have been the police trying to get some kind of uh, closure on the case to try to convict Casey Anthony, which, I mean, they couldn't prove, just like the molestation. They couldn't prove that. and But it wasn't their job to provide that proof. It was the prosecution's. All they had to do was plant the seed of doubt. And if you have this Dr. Werner Spitz saying that there should have been DNA from one of the Anthonys or Casey on the back or the front of that, and there, that didn't exist, that stuck out in the jury's mind as well. Yeah, oh, man, the defense was... So on point, man. Mm-hmm. All right. So one of the th- other things, uh, we, you brought up the trunk and the, how the dogs, you know, went to the to the trunk of the car as one of the one of the pinpoint places that they they smelled the, the the smell of death. They also found residue of chloroform in the in the uh, in the trunk itself. Correct. Which the defense basically said there is residue of chloroform in cleaning products too. Um, which is true, but that was just enough evidence to discredit all that. You know, right. it was basically like, well, we're gonna discredit that. every th- every single thing that was like a smoking gun. The defense did a great job of like discrediting that, mm-hmm. or just enough to where it would have placed a shadow of a doubt in a layman's mind, right? Yeah. Unless everybody on the um on the jury was like an expert. Mm-hmm. Like they wouldn't know. Like they were just average everyday Joes. They were just hearing it in real time as well. So if you got two doctors saying conflicting information or two different specialists saying two different information, like you don't know what's what. All you have to know is is that that the lawyer, the defense lawyer, has to put that reasonable doubt into question. So same thing with like the air sample. Uh, they debated about that. They had some doc. The prosecution had some doctor come out and say that, oh yeah, I got a bunch of air samples. And in the chemicals found in the air are consistent with a decaying body. And the defense got somebody from like some high prestigious university to come out and say, like, hey, there's no consensus that those are the chemicals that are found in decomposition. Yeah. Turns out that that's a lie, but it didn't matter because the judge isn't an expert on that shit. The fucking bailiff's not an expert at that shit. And the juries aren't an expert on Absolutely. that shit. So they just have to plant that seed of doubt. This was, you know, I could see how this guy would go on to, like, represent Aaron Hernandez and, like, the Harvey Weinsteins mm-hmm. of the world. Um, he also does a good job of the way he presents Casey Anthony. A lot of those, like, very iconic pictures of, of, of Casey Anthony looking really pale, looking all pasty, like, wearing her, like, a really, like, like borderline gray or very, like, like soft colors. Like Little House on the Prairie yeah, style dresses she, she and basic, shit. She basically looks like she she's, like, this emotionless, like, you know, like a Subway sandwich, you know, like Subway sandwiches (laughs) got no personality. Yeah. That's basically what she looks like, like a human Subway sandwich of like bland, like, like very lifeless color, like not, not a party girl at all. And that's the way she's presented. Not only that, but the jury selection on this, they went after, I think there were a total of like six women on the jury selection. And like, they went after women who didn't have children. Mm. They didn't want women who had children because they didn't want anyone to like view their chi- their child in- as like that that could have been my child, which you couldn't help but do. You know, like I have a kid, and like I I couldn't for the life of me even picture putting giving my child Xanax just to fucking put him to sleep, even though yeah. he's being annoying at one o'clock in the morning or whatever. And if you t- sit there and tell me if this is just a child abuse case, right, of her giving her child Xanax, I'm convicting her right there on the spot. 
No. But you got to get people, like you said, you got to get people that are non-biased enough to be able to be swayed. That yeah. she could that she could be innocent. And you kind of alluded to this about the Internet Explorer search engine a little while ago about the chloroform being searched. But the biggest one, and I think I have to applaud um, uh, last podcast and the left because really they were in my as far as I'm aware they were the first to bring this up and like it became like a big thing on the internet. But uh, there was also a second search engine on that computer, and it was the Firefox search Correct. engine. And the Firefox search engine had the search of how to strangulate someone full, like foolproof of strangulation, full poop, foolproof suffocation, foolproof suffocation, which is not so. <laughs> I'm sorry, dude. There's like who searches that? There's I, I I'll be honest with you. If it was the dad or the mom or Casey, I don't think I've I think I've Googled like pretty crazy shit just like sitting here with you like. Man, I wonder what I just looked up people who can't stop lying and like the term for that, I guess it's mytho mythomaniac. Mm-hmm. I never heard of that before today. But um foolproof strangulation, is that correct? Mm-hmm. I don't think suffocation. I have suffocation, foolproof uh, yeah, I don't think I've ever Googled anything that crazy or that on the nose. Um but the fact that the defense was ready. They knew, they thought that was going to come up in the case and it never did Mm -hmm. because they thought they had such a foolproof case. They didn't even go into that as like one of the other things that they, um, they should bring up during this court case, which was ridiculous. I I think they got too cocky. Because the prosecution, yeah, because you got to think. The prosecution, sorry. The prosecution, yeah, because for three years, Nancy Grace and the media, they had already convicted her in the court of public opinion. Again, 6,000 pages of evidence was out there for public consumption. It was being torn apart from here to there and everywhere. And the prosecution kind of got, I don't want to call it lazy, but they were just like, oh, this is a slam dunk. Like, you remember we did the Vincent Brothers case where it's just like, oh, wow, like, you know, this was a very good job. Like, okay, there's like a specific bug could only be in this part of the country. Oh, this shows that, you know, he drove across country and killed his wife and boom, 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 boom case closed or whatever right and the prosecution thought the same thing like oh like nancy grace already did 99 percent of our work because all the evidence is already out there and everybody's talking about it or whatever right but that came back to bite them in the butt because they got a little bit complacent you see this in sports all the time like we should be able to beat the bobcats or whatever but the bobcats are ready to go like they're hungry you know they're the worst team in the league and they're not gonna fucking let like the lakers just steamroll them and they're gonna go out with all their hearts or whatever while the lakers are being half-assed with it same thing with the prosecution. They think that, oh, okay, we should be able to slam dunk, get this or whatever, right? Because everything's already out there. Like, come on, man. Like, who goes out and gets a uh, Ace of Base song tattooed in fucking Italian on the back yeah. of their, their, their neck or whatever, right? And so they miss a lot of things. When it's asked why the Firefox search wasn't brought into question into court, it's because the people that were responsible for presenting this to the prosecution said, well, they never asked us to check... Uh, Firefox, they asked us just to check Internet Explorer. 
So that's the reason why we didn't do it. We had other cases we were looking at. If they would have asked us for that mm -hmm. or to look up, you know, terms like suffocation or strangulation suffocation, or anything. no breathing. Yeah. If it, Papa Roach, yeah. we would have the Papa yeah. Roach song popping in the background or whatever. And you know she was a Papa Roach fan. You know she'd been to a couple of yeah. those concerts, man. My <laughs> girlfriend actually sent me a bunch of TikTok videos of Casey Anthony like backstage, like at all these concerts and shit. Oh, nice. But it's always like butt rock people like tapped and Oh, trap I would, and all that shit, whatever. <laughs> all those one word ones. You know, it's funny because um, when the O.J. Simpson trial was was going on, the uh, the defense lawyers came up with like little slogans like "If the glove don't fit, you must acquit." Like, mm -hmm. and they took a bunch of fucking cues <laughs> from fucking. Uh, oh, the absolutely. Trial. That was pretty much. They even had their own little thing of like, "This is fantasy forensics," Correct. and they used that terminology over and over and over. And you didn't need to know. It, it's kind of like Donald Trump calling like Joe Biden Sleepy Joe or whatever. It's or like fake news. Fake news. Yeah, that exactly. You don't even need to know the size behind it. All you need to know is that it's like, oh, dude, I don't understand that. That's fan fantasy forensics. Mm -hmm. It's like, and they were doing a good enough job to kind of discredit the prosecution because, again, they were doing some half-ass work with the proof that they did have, and also too, the prosecution they were bland as shit. Mm -hmm. They were boring. So 99% of the information that was coming to the jurors, they were probably tuning out. But when uh, Jose Baez, the defense attorney, would speak, he was animated. He was just, just like Johnny Cochran, O.J. Simpson's lead uh, lawyer. You know, He was entertaining. I mean, he would say things like when he was talking about the molestation that one time, it was that's all he needed. He just needed that he one time. He needed to plant that one seed because I, I hate to say it, but like, Sex sales, like molestation, that shit's going to get stuck in your brain. Like, ooh, was Casey Anthony molested? Mm -hmm. Fuck, we never went back to that. And it discredits anything George Anthony has to yeah. say as because he was called to the stand as a witness, right? Yeah. And, I mean, him and Cindy had locked down alibis for this time period as well, like when the whole missing, when she went missing that day of June 16th as well. But it probably went over the juror's head because they were being put to sleep by the prosecution and the defense, their story was more sexy. It was more entertaining. And it, he did a good enough job to plant that seed of doubt. Yeah. Uh, did, uh, did you get a chance to read the closing arguments? I didn't read I. I saw. I read it, but I so didn't see it. So the closing argument from the uh, the the uh, not the defense, but the uh, what is, what is what are they called? The person, anyways, not not Casey's lawyer. Oh, prosecution. The prosecution. Sorry. Um, it was some boring as shit stuff about like when you become a mother, like. Your whole life should be about defending your child's life. It was like, I was reading, I was like, this is like the most boring shit ever. And like, and it, although I understand where they're coming from, it was just a really bad closing argument. And that is the, the, the thing that they take into, into like when they're going to go do their final vote to see like, is this person guilty or not guilty? And I was like, that, that is what they went off with. Like, you know, moms should not like, like moms should be about protecting their kids, and she didn't protect her kid. We don't know what happened, but she didn't protect her kid. Yeah, they didn't do a good enough job of because they this was a murder case. She would have had she would have been put to death if she was found guilty. If it was a child neglect case, she probably would have went to jail for this. Oh, I have the quote right here. When you have a child, that becomes your life. 
This case is about the clash between responsibility and the expectations that go with it. And that's and that's the life of Casey Anthony uh wait. Uh and the life that Casey Anthony wanted to have. And basically so there the whole thing was like Casey Anthony was re- supposed to be responsible for her child's life and wasn't. And that was it and it was like it was just a really boring closing argument. Like you're supposed to be Johnny Cochran out there and like hit him with something like that's supposed to stick with them as they go and do their And they could have because like the car you were driving for 31 days smelled like a dead body. The hair, the, the the hair and the duct tape that was found across her mouth matched the fucking gas cans that you fucking stole from your dad. Like everything points you and you alone at this time period uh, for her. Like, I mean, yeah, it's all circumstantial, but it places you and you alone there. Um, they even tried to, the defense, they even used the fact that George Anthony in 2009, he tried to commit suicide. And they tried to use that to discredit his credibility as well because they were trying to say that he was distraught over the guilt mm-hmm. of hiding the body and, you know, th- ca- you know, callously, like, just throwing it out in the middle of the swamp forest and whatnot. And that, to me, like, it's just like, oh, yeah, we can't trust the dad's statement that, you know, they were looking for her this whole time and whatnot because he was, you know, he was filled with guilt because he was going to get ready to take his life. He molested Casey and he had a pattern, you know, previous to this, we didn't get into all this about kind of being a fuck up his whole life. So it kind of, it planted that seed of like, Oh, it, we can't put this lady to death because it's a possibility that somebody else might be responsible for this little girl's death. Yeah. You know, spoiler alert, she is found not guilty yeah. <laughs> of murdering her daughter. Um, she is found guilty of other cases, though, mostly lying to the police and basically wasting the police's case. One of the big things that was the, the, the nail in the coffin was uh, when she w- informed that two employees at Universal Studios like had information on that wild goose chase that they basically go into Universal Studios with. That was the big thing. Like that was the one thing that she spent the most time in jail for, and most of it was time served at the end. Yeah, I think she only does a little bit more time after the court case. Cause Ten days. Yeah, and then she's just out in the street. So this is the part I definitely don't remember. I could have sworn she was found guilty and did time. Oh wow! This is my Mandela effect moment. I thought she was in prison this whole time, dude. No, dude, that internet melted down, dude. Nancy Grace had a full on fucking meltdown on fucking air. Yeah, I, that's that's the part that I. And I totally get it now that it, like I'm older and I get it, and I can't believe they dropped the ball that hard. That is, that is some of the most dropping the ball. The fact that they didn't search the uh, the Firefox search engine, um, they did a poor job of like of of basically finding evidence. I, I I feel like all of their stuff was, isn't she just such a party girl? You can't trust a party girl. She's such a liar. Like that was basically her, their court case over and over and mm-hmm. over. But when there was so much other evidence that should have been brought to the table. And here's the thing too. Um, Marsha Clark has a really good documentary and you can actually look this up on YouTube. It's like the first 48 and whatever. Um, oh, I love the first 48. And I think it's just Marsha Clark's version of that. And at the end of the document, not to spoil this or whatever, right? At the end of it, they actually talked to, like, the computer scientists that were responsible for looking at the search history. And, you know, they reiterate that story about how 
um, you know, they never, you know, the prosecution never asked them to look on Firefox, never looked at, asked them to look at, you know, specific searches and whatnot. And they actually talk about how the fucked up thing is, is that foolproof suffocation was found and there was an error, right? And the, the defense was very aware of this because Jose Baez actually comes out with a book a year later after the trial, you know, talking about how they, he fully expected, like, this is how the prosecution was going to get us is with this Firefox search and it never came up. And this is how they were able to win this case. If this was presented in the court, I think almost unanimously, everybody thinks that this is what have got, would have gotten her convicted as well as put to death is that Firefox it was actually found foolproof suffocation, and initially it came up as 1.05 p.m. on June 16th, the date, you know, that, you know, mm-hmm. Casey and Kaylee, you know, leave the grandparents' house. Now, the defense said that they were going to use this as like, oh, George was already, he was at home, uh, he was suicidal because, you know, he had already found Kaylee's body. Uh, in the pool, uh, the grandmother had already left to work earlier in the morning. So between you know grandmother leaving and uh, 1:05, you know p.m., uh, Kaylee dies, uh, drowns. He has to throw the body out in the woods and whatnot, and he's feeling suicidal. So he's looking up like how to commit suicide, and this is why you know there's foolproof suffocation at 1:05 p.m. Now the computer science the scientist or whatever looks through this and says, Oh no, the, the program that they used to decode what time this was searched at had an error on it. And it actually put it one hour, um, previous to when it actually was searched, which was at two fifty one PM, which is very important information because George actually left work at two thirty PM that day on June 16th and actually called Casey and there's cell phone records of this at 301. So he was not at home to be able to search this on the family computer. The only person that was home at that time was Kaylee and Casey. And there's actually MySpace logins. You think Kaylee to... looked it up? I'm just kidding. And she was too. I don't think she was <laughs> able to do it. Uh, they actually find, uh, you know, the, the MySpace login that, you know, Casey logged into MySpace. They actually pulled up AOL instant messaging conversations with Casey that, um, that shows, you know, uh, you know, that basically she was getting ready to do something big. She was going to leave the home and, you know, had no baggage, quote unquote. So all this, like these code mm-hmm. words that she was freeing herself from the baggage of basically Kaylee. And it goes into the name of the episode, the first 48, because when Casey is arrested that first time for the whole Universal Studios incident on July 16th, when they return her back home, when she gets bailed out of jail, within the first the first 48 hours of that, right, she immediately, when she's unsupervised, runs to the family's computer and they find a whole deleted history on Firefox for all of the information. So that directly puts Casey in line with her, you know, looking up ways to kill her child. Now, previous to doing like all this research, I was thinking in my mind like, oh, maybe this was an accident. And I think Marcus uh, Sparks on last podcast I left. This was his um, theory thing of yeah that accidentally drugging her daughter to death. Yeah, that you know this was a habit. Like even um, her boyfriend Tony Lazaro, as well as you know other family members and friends, noticed that Casey would or Kaylee would always sleep for twelve to thirteen hours. I have a two year old myself. 
those motherfuckers never sleep for 12, 13 yeah, hours. Yeah. It's always like two hours here, two hours there, two hours here or whatever. They're here, there, and everywhere once they're in their terrible twos. But Kaylee would sleep for 12 to 13 hours, and when she would wake up, she would have heavy eye circles like somebody that was on Xanax. So a lot of people thought, oh, okay, maybe she just accidentally overdosed her child. But within those deleted search histories, there was explicit searches about how to suffocate somebody quickly and dispose of the body. That's pretty sad, dude. Like, I'm pretty sure this is my two cents of how it happened, but she probably did Xanax the shit out of her daughter and then maybe just put, like, a pillow over her face to, like, kill her to basically go live her YOLO lifestyle of, Mm. like, being a young 20-something-year-old. Um... One of the things that I haven't heard anyone talk about is that uh, Rascal Flatts <laughs> uh, cover or created a song for Kaylee. Oh wow! And uh, I thought that was super interesting. It was, I haven't heard the song, but um, Rascal Flatts did create a song called "She's Going Places," and I was like, "God damn, that's such a like fucking." That's kind of cringy. Yeah. Oh my god, dude! I. Shout out to Rascal Flats. I'm sure their music's fantastic, but aren't like, they the Life Is a Highway? Like I know Jesus has that. I'm sure CD. Jesus. Is, don't they have the coming in hot song that he likes? I think so. Yeah. Is that them? I don't know, dude. It it just sounds really cringy, and I was like, of course they would create a memorial song for, for Kaylee, but I don't know. I mean, I guess this is the part of the podcast where I would ask you, like, how do you feel about all this, like? I I think we probably both feel that she should have been found guilty. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, It is angry. Me being a parent that you never, like, expect somebody to be able to be capable of murdering their own child. So I went into this topic thinking it was an accident. I think definitely, I mean, I've always thought, like, she had something to do with it. There's too much proof that points that she was at least there, right? Whether... Mm. George helped her or whatnot. Like, I didn't know what to think of all that, right? I don't think her parents helped her, dude. After looking at all the evidence, and we're not covering even 10% of what's out there, right? Like, there's probably people pissed off that we didn't mention this, that, or other. Like, the little bead of microfibers that were found. Yeah, the little strip, the the band, the the necro band around Casey's hair that was found, Kaylee's hair that was found in the trunk. Like, all this stuff. Like, George strangling Casey. Like, when she gets bailed out the first time and whatnot. But whatever the fucking story is or mm. whatever story that's been told or whatever, like, Casey has something to do with it. I've always thought it, right? Oh, absolutely. But I didn't think, I was I was at least hoping that she didn't murder her. I was hoping it was at least an accident, whether it be a drowning or accidentally, you know, drugging her to death, like with sleeping pills or something like that. But the fact that, you look all evidence points to like, no, this bitch fucking murdered her child. It disgusts me to the point where you asked me if I saw that documentary on Peacock. I started it and she is such a liar. And like, I, I know I always talk about like, oh, I work in a government job or whatever, right? Where I have to deal with like people that lie to me all the time because they're under investigation. She is like a textbook bad liar because everything that comes out of her mouth is all about her. Like when they start asking her about her daughter, she somehow turns it into her talking about herself. Poor me, poor me. And I just could not finish like the documentary. I think we got through one episode of three and I was like, I'm done. Like that's, I heard enough or whatever, right? Like she's basically 
making this about her, how she's the victim and not her child or whatever. She has mm-hmm. like some cringy quote about they ask her what would her child be doing? What would Kaylee be doing now if she was still alive? And she says she'd probably be a badass who talked to boys and listened to classic rock. And at that same time where she says this, my girlfriend shows me all these TikTok videos of Casey Anthony like nowadays, like talking to boys yeah. and going to all these classic rock concerts. I was like, oh, th- you're just talking about yourself still. Yeah. Well, you know, it's pretty sad. Like prior to that, that um, Paramount Plus documentary that came out or, or interview that came out, we really didn't know much that was going on with her. We knew that she got like in a bar fight with like a girl that I guess they were both dating or something like that. Like, and that's it. That was like the news that broke one day. It was like Casey Anthony gets into a bar fight with another girl that they're both apparently dating the same dude. And it's like, oh man, that sounds like she's still up to the same old stuff. Like same old, like, like bar, you know, downtown Bakersfield thing. Yeah. You know, they'll be fighting at the syndicate lounge over fucking DJ Anonymous or whatever. <laughs> like, same old bullshit, like, same old thing. I'm surprised she doesn't have an OnlyFans or something like that. Or, like, it's starting in her, like... No, she works for the lead investigator on her team or whatever. Oh, yeah. yeah. Even, even when those, like, bounty hunters went to go, like, find her at one point, like, they were going to house arrest her while the court... Well, the, uh, the investigation was gathering evidence... Um, it was like that story that came out about how they thought at one point that she was crying in her room and then only to go in there and find that she was just laughing because she was getting all these messages from dudes like, You're hit, hot. yeah, hitting her up, telling her she was hot. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, man, that's some pretty cold shit. And I understand everybody grieves in their own way. I'm not trying to like say that there is a textbook way of grieving, but if your child just died, like, are you really online? Like like trying to like hook up with dudes or whatever like i don't know it seems like she probably has like a narcissistic personality and is just so used to manipulating dudes and her family and like society like ultimate manipulator um but that's how i feel about it i think she's a fucking yeah fucking and a liar dude yeah not only a liar but i think too she was jealous of all the love that Kaylee was getting because when they show pictures of, like, Kaylee's bedroom in the grandparents' house or whatever, it is, like, wall-to-wall toys, books. They had her whole bedroom decked out, like, in Winnie the Pooh and whatnot. And you got to think that at one point that was Casey, right? Her dad and her mom were spoiling her. But once she had Kaylee, that all stopped, and it went to her daughter. So there was some kind of, like, jealousy there as well. And not only was her fun that she was seeing all of her friends have like on Facebook and MySpace or whatever going on and she was having all these like regrets, but I think there was a little bit of fucking jealousy too because I caught a little bit of that like with the one episode that I saw like on Peacock on that documentary she has right now. I was like, oh wow, like she was jealous of the love that she was getting from the grandparents. I just saw this right now. I saw breaking news about Casey Anthony. Rosie O'Donnell sparks controversy on TikTok after defending Casey Anthony's innocence. Dang, Rosie. Once Rosie O'Donnell's on your side, you know you're fucked up, dude. (laughs) Something's going on there. Yeah. She definitely did it if Rosie O'Donnell's on your side. Let me ask you this real quick, and we'll start to wrap up the episode. Do you think that her dad actually molested her? No, I don't think so. No? I'm going to... I mean, there's more proof of, of... Casey being a murderer than her dad molesting her. Mm. Um, 
I'm going to say no because when it came out of like just left field, there's like little to no evidence on it. I'm going to say no. Because she's not only saying that her dad molested her, but she's saying that Casey's dad, the real dad uh-huh. that we can't find or whatever, was actually a rapist as well. So, I mean, it's hard to, to, to me, like, it's like, I don't think, given the, her track record, yeah, it's hard to believe her. But at the same time, it would explain, like, some of her behaviors. Like, there there could be, I'm not saying it was the dad, I'm not saying it was the brother, but there might have been something that happened somewhere in her life for her to turn out that way. But we don't know. Yeah. It's hard, I, as, it's hard to pinpoint that one. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I understand. I think that some of it is, like, like w- what makes someone develop into, like, a that level of narcissistic personality where the world, everything revolves around you. Like you think you're the, 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 the lead actor in, and the rest of the world is just the movie or whatever, or the play <laughs> Truman show. And shit. yeah. And it's like, I honestly believe that she thinks that about her life. Like she is above, like above any kind of like, uh, any kind of guilt or any kind of like responsibility, responsibility. Like, you know, the, that level of like lying to your family for as long as she did telling them that she worked at universal studios and she would set up like fake, um, like meetups with coworkers and stuff like that, where she would take her mom to be like, Oh, I got to go meet up with my coworker. And the coworker's name was Julia Dreyfus or what, uh, what was it? Uh, the girl from natural born killers, Juliet Lewis, Julia Lewis. Yeah. Yeah. And this is like, come on now. Yeah. Man. Just like random things like that. Like, where or she would send fake emails to herself to like be like oh work is like work is being so stressful right now and like mm-hmm. telling her friends that she's just all stressed out because of work when really she's just been like asleep in the bedroom waiting for DJ Anonymous to wake up kind of thing <laughs> and it's like it there is a level of like insanity uh, in like I don't believe that the dad molested her. I think that it was, she's just like something, something's just wrong there with her, like mentally. Um, and maybe it was, you know, a couple of episodes we talked about how, like, you have to let your kids fail. Mm-hmm. Like, I was telling you, like, I think it's important to, like, let your kids fail because that's how you, like, callous up and, re- like, have to, like, fend for yourself and be a little bit, like, independent. I feel like her parents didn't do that for her. Her parents, like, covered up, like, her enabled graduation, her. like, enabled her. The graduation, like, they should have been, like, she fucked up. Like, like this should have been a teaching lesson to make you feel like shit. It's important to feel like shit. You have to learn how to feel like shit mm-hmm. and how to, like, handle the adversity of feeling like shit. And it doesn't sound like she ever learned that. It's like she, what Alfred tells fucking Bruce Wayne in The Dark Knight. Why do we fall down, Mr. Wayne? So we can learn how to get back up again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like, you know, that's a ripoff of that Confucius quote of saying, like, um... The the glory is in never is in not ever falling. The glory is in getting up every time you do fall. Mm. And it's like she never learned how to get back up. Everything mm. just turned into a lie of like covering up and covering up and covering up. Wishful thinking. Yeah, but yeah, I don't I don't think the dad molested her. I, no, I mean yeah, it was wanting to be fucking goofy for goddamn sakes or whatever. Yeah, Disneyland. yeah. The dad was chill, dude. I feel like the dad. I'll be honest with you. I think the dad was the only normal person. <laughs> I think the mom maybe was the one that was enabling her over and over to like give her this like princess complex that she should never have to like put up with shit in her life. Mm. And I feel like the mom maybe was the problem there, but 
And that's why the dad kept getting accused of molestation and all this shit. Like, <laughs> the dad was, like, suicidal. I don't blame the dad for being suicidal. That shit sounds terrible, dude. Like, dude. your wife and your child sound like fucking monsters. Dude, there was, like, an A&E, um, like, sit down between the parents or whatever. And, like, George started to talk. And then, like, the mom, like, started to cut him off. He's like, can you shut up? Like, you see, like, like that, like that like frustration come to head like boil over and she's like don't you ever tell me to shut up and like she like storms off and like makes this big old skeptical and i was like damn poor george man all he wants to do is be donald duck at fucking yeah. <laughs> fucking that's, the parade that's, and that's shit. a sweet gig man yeah would you ever do that would you ever be a, per, a, a disney per, character yeah, a disney character uh maybe it it, it depends on the character I, I used to date a girl who um Whose dad was a, a character? Oh, really? Yeah. So she lived in Bakersfield, like it was here in Bakersfield, but her, but she, her whole family lived in Anaheim. Wow. And her sister was actually—I don't know what her family's doing now. I mean, that was like ten years ago, whenever that 007 movie or 007s in Mexico <laughs> <laughs> movie came out. But, um, like her, her, uh, her sister was like one of those people that like give churros out, like sell churros at Disneyland. Her dad was like a character. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It was like, it's a real thing. Like people that live in like Anaheim that like live the Disney life, like they live the Disney life. Wow. It's like, like Bakersfield. Everyone works in the oil fields and shit. Yeah. It's Anaheim. Like, you work at Disneyland and shit. And the funny thing is like, she was a big Disney head. Like she was very into like Disneyland and like, which I found kind of like, Weird, because I'm a big Disney head, but not to that level. Like she was like, like she we still follow each other on Instagram. Like she's always there. Like and I'm like, you still live in Bakersfield, but you still travel to like Anaheim all the time, and like, like to see your dad, <laughs> to see Goofy, like <laughs> <laughs> to see George yeah, Anthony. Yeah, it's like damn, dude. But yeah. whatever, that's cool. Yeah, that's sweet. Anyway, yeah. Anyways, guys, Casey Anthony, Kaylee Anthony, whatever, decide to fucking name this episode. Got anything else, Art? Tell you, mommy, boo boo, two shallows, Jackman shallows, Warren. That's all I got, dude. <sighs> and with that said, like I said, guys, we didn't even cover ten percent of the information. Oh, not at all. Was- I feel like you know we you you brought up the idea of doing a two parter. I was kind of against it because I was like, ah, it's gonna linger on for like mm-hmm. ever. But I think we did a pretty good job. There you go. Um, if you want to hear more information <laughs> about the Casey Anthony case, I highly recommend. Uh, listening to the last podcast on the left episode that they did on this, they did a two parter on it. That mm-hmm. that'll tell you. They even they even say too, like they didn't even they weren't even able to cover everything that's out there. Uh, but look up the Wikipedia. I mean, for fuck's sakes, the internet has so much information. They will get into the backstory of Cindy, George, the brother, DJ Anonymous. I mean, this thing has been covered so thoroughly that i mean you can have an, a podcast that spans 291 episodes and still wouldn't have all the information that is out there but um if you have anything that you want to say about this case guys i highly recommend hitting us up on all the social medias at art and jacob do america except for twitter we are at art and jacob do a one uh if you want to help support this podcast in any which way possible guys head on over to the patreon over at patreon.com slash art jacob do america uh where every single week we put together a bonus episode for your listening pleasure and like i say week in and week out nine times out of ten those episodes that you're hearing on the patreon are actually better than the actual episodes you're hearing for free a little bit more laid back a little bit more funnier and whatnot so head on over there donate one dollar donate two dollars donate dollar 52 cents whatever the fuck you want to donate but you get a bonus episode as well as access i believe we're up to like 128 
Patreon episode. So that's a whole other podcast unto itself on over there. So head on over there if you want to hear us be a little bit more personal and talk about ourselves as opposed to fucking Casey Anthony and shit, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so hit us up there. Uh, if you want to support us in any other way, guys, I highly recommend heading on over to the official website at orangejacobdoamerica.com. Uh, follow the merch links, buy a t-shirt, buy a sweatshirt. Uh, and it's not so much to help us monetarily because when you're going to Disneyland and you're looking for George Anthony um, Moonlight as Donald Duck picking his butt all the way to Pizza Hut. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when you're wearing a, an Orange Jacob Do America t-shirt, uh, George Anthony can see us. Uh, he'd be like, hey, what's this Orange Jacob Do America podcast? Oh, they did a fucking podcast about my daughter and my deceased granddaughter. Let me check that shit out, guys. That helps us out greatly. Uh, I would hope really- we don't get any hate this one, dude. I know. We tried, man. We tried, man. You guys got to understand, like, I work a full-time job. This guy works a full-time job. I have a kid. I have another kid on the way. I got two German Shepherds as well as a pool and a big old fucking yard with bonsai trees and shit we got to get to. Mm-hmm. So I think we did a pretty good job considering life as it really yeah, uh, It's Christmas season and shit. Oh, um, man. I got a, I, yeah, I, I got a bunch going on, dude. I'm only on season 10 of Survivor, dude. Got, <laughs> I'm trying to knock out. 10 like, more seasons yeah, after that, like, huh? I got I to knock out like three or four episodes a night. You got to watch uh, the rest of Wednesday Adams and shit. Mm-hmm. Um, I got to watch 90 Day Fiance tonight with my girl. Um, anyways, I got to be a good dad after this. Uh, but if you want to hear podcasts to do it just as good as us, if not better, guys, head on over to podbelly.com. Check out our boys at the Sofa King Podcast, as well as as well as Nicole Smith Bosch's favorite podcast, Robots for Eyes. But dude, that's kind of bullshit, dude. I <laughs> saw that she like posted it, and I was like, "Dang, that's fucking garbage, man." We support you so much, Nicole Smith Bosch. We talk about you. We praise you. We praise your your efforts. We're like pro women's rights because of you. Before that, we hated women, <laughs> and like. Now you do as dirty like that, huh? It's all good. I'm, I'm thinking about flying to South Africa right now and like slashing her tires <laughs> just to teach her a lesson. Uh, I'm booking a flight right now. Okay. Expedia? Yeah. Uh, done. I am on my way, Nicole. We're coming for you. Uh, so with that said, goodbye. <laughs> good night. <laughs>